Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop, and I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley, um, which might be interesting to some of you because you, you might have never seen me um, here before. Um, but I usually I'm out at the Diamond Bar campus, and I'm really excited to be here uh, at Alhambra this morning. I do administrative work for both campuses, so I'm working behind the scenes on what's going on um, here at Church in the Valley, Alhambra, but on Sundays my, my focus is usually out there. But I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Alex will be back next, well, not next week, in two weeks, I guess, um, but he will be back next week. Um, he's in Thailand uh, serving on a, a mission uh, trip team. Um, and so he'll be back uh, in a couple weeks to speak to you. Next week, like Ben said, we'll all be together for the anniversary. Uh, today, I, I'm excited uh, to be wrapping up our message series that we've been calling Minor Prophets, Major Mission. Um, for the last five weeks, we've been pulling out uh, lessons from a collection of books that, that are called the Minor Prophets. Now, they're called the Minor Prophets, uh, not because uh, they're, they're any lesser um, than the books that are called the Major Prophets, um, but just because they're the collection of Minor Prophets, those books, uh, they're shorter books, um, and they have more of a na- narrow focus than the Major Prophets do. Um, and so now, uh, just briefly recapping uh, what a prophet is, uh, a prophet in the Old Testament was someone who was called by God to deliver messages from God. So over the past five weeks, we've been looking at a different book um, each week to see what what message it was that God gave them um, to uh, his people. And so the first week we took a look at Jonah. Jonah, uh, the message that we saw there was God shows love to the world today through the kind, loving action of his people. And then the next week we took a look at Habakkuk. Um, and the message we saw there was, while we wait for, for outcomes to develop, we must stay faithful to God um, and rejoice in him even when we don't see the results that we want. Um, and then in Malachi, we took a look and we saw um, what Malachi said was he identified several indicators um, that we are focused on our own reward over God's reputation and the damage done when, uh, when we focus on our reputation and our, our needs instead of God's reputation. And then in Haggai, we took a look at um, how we pay a price spiritually when we pour all of our resources into ourselves and hold back on God's mission and what God's doing. That's a quick recap. If you want to listen to any of those messages, they're on our website. Um, they're out in the lobby. You can, you can pick them up there. Um, but today, we are going to shift our attention, shift our focus to Hosea. Um, I consider the the message in Hosea uh, to be pretty graphic picture of God's love for us. Um, it's kind of it's going to be kind of a PG-13 message uh, today because of what Hosea is told to do. Um, the action Hosea takes in obedience to God it's, it's something that none of us would would really want to do. There, there's just a it, it just gives you a little cringe factor. It makes you feel a little sick to your stomach. With, with what he has, what he has to do. Um, Hosea is one of the, the two longest of the minor prophets. Um, and so we're going to be just rifling through stuff this morning. So, so get ready. Um, here we go. Um, taking a look at this. But the major emphasis that we find in Hosea is we have a tendency to forget God's love and kindness toward, towards us. 
My wife and I, we just had our, our fourth child um, just about three weeks ago. There's going to be a picture on the screen there. There's a picture of, of me and my family. And you know what? The, those four kids, they're just such a blessing from God. Um, his kindness towards us in giving us those four kids, um, it, it's just a major kindness to us. But you know what? There's a lot of times where I find myself, I am not grateful for them. You know, I'm up late at night trying to get the, the baby to sleep, and I'm not very grateful for my child right there. I, I am losing sight of the kindness that God has given me um, through my family. Anybody else, can you relate to that? Getting ungrateful? Maybe, maybe it's not family. Um, maybe it's a relationship. And it's a really good relationship, but then they ask you to, to go and, and help them move, and there's a really big football game. And you realize, you know what? I'm not very grateful for that relationship right now. Or maybe at work. Work starts to be a grind. And we lose sight of how God provided that job in the first place and how, how, what a blessing it is for us. You know, we all battle being ungrateful. And we all battle just losing sight of God's kindness to us. And despite our ungratefulness and our poor memory of, of God's kindness to us, God never abandons the pursuit of his people. It's amazing. He never abandons pursuing us regardless of what we've done. We see that in what God asked Hosea to do. And what is asked of Hosea, it's a picture of what God has done throughout history. And so before we get into what God asked Hosea to do and, and the message that we can pull, the lesson that we can pull out of Hosea, I want to take a look at, at the Bible, the, the broader message that we find in the Bible. The Bible, it just contains an epic story of God's redemption of man. God created us, and he gave us everything that we need. We, he, the first man and woman, they were living in a custom-made paradise for their enjoyment. But it wasn't enough for them. And so they rebelled. God said, you can have any fruit that you want, just not from this one tree. They, cho they chose to go and get the one thing that they couldn't have. That reminded me of something. The NFL is starting today, um, and hopefully nobody leaves now that I said that. But um, the NFL is getting, getting rolling this week. And um, this reminded me of, of a famous quote from Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady's won several Super Bowls. Um, and after his second or third one, he was asked, which one's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Super Bowl? And his response was, the next one. I thought that was really interesting. Now, that's a goal. That's okay. But we all have that in our hearts where the next one is going to be what really brings satisfaction to us. It's going to be what really makes us just life come together for us. And so the first man and woman, they rebelled against God's rightful rule. And we ratify that decision by refusing God's rule over us. We choose to go our own way apart from God. But God still pursues us. He still pursued um, man. And actually, from the instant that first rebellion happened, God immediately put a plan in place to pay for our sin. 
Because you see, God's character is he's just. He's a just God. So he couldn't let our rebellion just be um, something that we just sweep under the rug. That's not just. He knew that there had to be payment for that. And so what he did was he, did, he realized he had to take the punishment on himself. We see this in Luke 19.20, where it's talking about Jesus. God sent Jesus, his son, down to the earth. And it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God sent his son Jesus to seek and save the lost by living a perfect life. He was without sin. Then he died on the cross, having never committed a sin. And when he died on the cross, he was a sacrifice for us, restoring our relationship to God. He did what we couldn't do. He lived a perfect life, never sinned. And by dying on the cross, that became a sacrifice for us and restored our relationship with God if we choose to accept the free gift of eternal life. We see this, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wasn't anything we did. We were sinners. Christ died for us. So the history of the world since man's rebellion is, has been a story of God's pursuit of people lost to him by their rebellion. And Hosea tells the story of God's love for us in a very unique way. His life and the circumstances that he goes through become a parable of God's love for us. Hosea lives out the tragedy of our unfaithfulness to God. His message is that we are never too far beyond God's love. We are never too dirty in sin for God to forgive us. So in Hosea, we see two ways that God pursues people. The first is persistent, steadfast love. Now, this is the the part where we're going to get a little PG-13. And and here's the beginning of Hosea's story um, and his marriage. Take a look at this. Hosea 1, 2 through 3 says, When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. Wow. This is one of those verses where you might be reading along and then you realize, oh, wait, I need to go back. Did I just read that right? What is God saying here? God is telling Hosea to find an unfaithful wife. And this is going to be um, like the people of Israel are treating God. This is going to be a living example of what's going on. And we see this even further in the names that he tells Hosea to give his children. Um, God, God told them to name their first child Jezreel. Now, Jezreel um, is a reference to a, a time when Jehu, a former king of Israel, slaughtered more than 70 of his rivals uh, in a place called Jezreel. Violence and treachery was just running rampant in Israel. And then his second, his second child, God told him to name No Mercy. 
There's a time when the sin in our life is just so great that God allows his judgment to come upon us with no mercy. That's what he's talking about here. And then he says, not my people. That's the third, the third child, not my people. This shows how the Israelites have, had rebelled so much that God said that, that, that these are not my people. They're not acting in my ways. This shows just the type of rebellion that was going on in Israel. But even through all of this, in the very next chapter of Hosea, we see God's pursuit of man. We see God's pursuit of people. In chapter 2, Hosea is commanded to pronounce judgment on the people for their sin, but also to explain how the Lord's plan is to pursue these people. As we walk through these passages, one thing to keep in mind is that these have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And, and, and so the promises that we see, they are, they are for us. They are specifically for us today because they've been fulfilled um, through Jesus Christ. So as we read it, we can read it as these promises are for us. So the imagery used here um, is that of a, a man who continues to pursue an unfaithful wife. Um, the passage, it's a tender and beautiful love song from God to his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a very tender and, and love song kind of guy. And so it's hard for me sometimes to, to relate to this, but what is going on here is you see God's love for his people. And this is, it, it is just a great picture of what, how God pursues us. Hosea 2.14 says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. God's plan is to, to woo us. He draws us to himself, himself in kindness. The, the Old Testament, which the prophets are found in, was originally written in the Hebrew language. And the Hebrew here, um, what it literally means is that God wants us to go into the wilderness so that he can speak to her heart. That's what it's talking about. The Lord's not going to, to shout in our ear, but he's going to speak softly. In our heart of hearts. This promise shows that if you're being drawn to, to the Lord, it's because his spirit is speaking softly into your heart. He's drawing you towards himself. God is wooing you into a relationship with him. We have all chosen to go our own way and to be unfaithful to God. Yet he pursues us. We're unfaithful to him. That, that makes us wives of harlotry. But he pursues us still. Take a look at the second verse um, in Hosea that we're going to look at, the second promise. Hosea 2.15 says, And there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Acre a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. Now, the Valley of Achor here, what, it, what it's talking about is that's the site of Israel's first act of unfaithfulness to God. It became known as the Valley of Trouble. He's going to turn this memory, this Valley of Trouble, into a door of hope. What that means for us is, is 
when we have memories of some past sins in our lives, I usually don't run to door of hope. I might feel guilt, shame, discouragement. But what God is saying here is he can turn that into a door of hope. He can take that memory and make it a a door of hope. Even if it's a, a big, major failure, we can realize that Jesus has paid for that sin and he's forgiven us. And that's a door of hope that leads us to a relationship with God. It's amazing what God is saying here. And then the, the third promise that God gives us is just, it, it's astonishing to think about. Take a look at Hosea 2, 19 through 23. And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth to you. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. And you shall know the Lord. And in the day I will answer, declares the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, and the oil. And they shall answer Jezreel. Now here he's going to talk about the three names that he named his children. And take a look at what he says, how he redeems them. And they shall answer Jezreel. And I will sow her for myself in the land. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. God is saying, if you come back home, I will go back to the days of our engagement. It will be like a do-over. Things will be good between us and our relationship. There might be consequences from the sin in your life that you have to deal with. But our relationship will be good. When the harlot returns home, God doesn't give us the punishment we we deserve. He completely changes our identity, and he will withhold nothing good from us. There's no need to cringe when we're turning back to God. We can know him and relax in his kindness. And that leads us into the next way that God pursues people, and that's through kind discipline. God pursues us through discipline. Now, you might not think of, of discipline as a way that somebody pursues somebody. You know, if you're trying to ask a girl on a date, you're not going to, you know, discipline her before you, you ask her out. And that's not the way that it happens. But God pursues us by kind discipline. Hosea 2, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her. So that she cannot find her paths. She shall. Sorry, this is a tongue twister for me. I'm going to read this really slow. She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband. For it was better for me then than now. When God disciplines his kids. His aim is always to turn their heart back towards himself. That's what he's trying to do. This is the the backdrop for the entire book of Hosea and the important lesson that he's teaching us. He's showing us God's love and God's heart for us. God's discipline in this verse, we can see it taking two different forms. 
um, he, he makes, one is he makes the way hard for us. He talks about the hedge of thorns there. When pursuing a, a selfish path or, um, or, or something like that, God's going to put some thorns down. He's going to make the way prickly for us so that it's, it's hard to keep, for us to keep going. And that's because he's trying to turn us back to himself. The second way that we see God's discipline here is that we don't find the satisfaction that we want out of something. We see that when it, when it says so or when it says in verse seven, she shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. We see that in that verse. You ever worked really hard to get something? And then you get it. You attain it. But it, it doesn't bring about what you thought it was going to bring about. It doesn't bring about the lasting satisfaction that you thought that was going to come from it. Maybe it's a relationship or a job or some possession, a house, a car, a phone, a watch, whatever it might be. When we feel that way, that lack of, of satisfaction... It could be that God is is trying to discipline us to turn us back towards himself. Maybe we feel the lack of satisfaction because our priorities are wrong. That's a possibility too. But uh, a big possibility is God is trying to use that dissatisfaction to turn us back towards himself. So God pursues us continually and he brings about discipline uh, kindly to turn us back towards himself. And he also, he, he brings about dissatisfaction to turn us back for himself. But Hosea also, it, it gives us a warning. And the warning is that overlooking God's kindness can, can just make us forget him. Much of the book of, of Hosea, it's a reminder of the ways that God has shown his kindness to the people of Israel. His people, uh, the, the Israelites, the people of Israel, those are the people um, through whom he wanted to reach the world. Those were God's people. And one of the most epic acts of God in history is how he brings the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. It's just a, an amazing story. There's been lots of movies about it. Um, and Hosea 11.4 reminds them of that moment in history. It says, I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I bent down to them and fed them. Here it's saying, you know, God eases the yoke of their jaws. He, he brought them out of slavery. He bent down to them and fed them. It's talking about how he miraculously fed them in the wilderness. And yet these people just kept forgetting God's kindness to them. Just like we do. Just like we forget God's kindness to us. But when we overlook God and forget his kindness to us, it doesn't go well for us. And Hosea, he walks through several different ways that we can forget God. Now, these ways, these um, might be a real helpful, practical um, way to look at this. There might be some next steps that you want to take out of these, these ways. But here's some ways that we forget God. One is forsaking the Lord and worshiping other gods. That's a way that we for, forget God. Uh, modern day idolatry it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like idols. Um, sometimes there are some. 
But a lot of times what it looks like is anything that we put that's more important than God. Could be money, work, family, ministry. Could be doing ministry. We could put that to be more important than God. But that's a way that we forget God. Another way is just ignoring his laws. Sometimes we we look at God's steadfast love for us, and we look at that as a, a license to just do whatever we want. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to, to live our lives in line with, with how he's made life so that we can have the best life possible. Another way that we forget God is by turning to powerful kings. When you need help, the first thing for Christ followers to do is to go to God, ask him for help. But a lot of times it's, e- it's easy for us to look to a, another powerful person and hope that they're going to bail us out of this situation, whatever is going on. But we have to look to God first. We have to, to turn to him instead of powerful people in our lives. Another is just doing our duty without heart. Uh, we do religious stuff just to check the boxes, but our heart's not really in it. Another way we forget God is prospering without gratitude. We forget to thank God for his kindness, what he's done, what he's allowed to happen in our life. Another way we forget um, God is just empty words and promises. Um, Our integrity goes out the window. We don't know, we don't do what we promise to do because we think we can just get away with it. It's a way that we forget God is watching us, wants us to, to handle our our promises. And then um, the last way we see this a way to forget God is trusting in our own way and strength. It's a bi- that's a big one. We don't think that about God helping us in this situation. We look at what we can do, how we can pull this off, how we can make this situation happen. All of these add up to a warning for us. The warning is we, we must not forget God in his kindness to us. If we do, then life is just going to be less than he intends for us to have. Hosea is just this amazing picture of the love of God. The prophet lives out the picture as God instructs him to do. He, he lived out this love of God for his people. Now, we, we have experienced the love of God in Christ. And when we do, then God's love is to fuel our mission for for him. Hosea gives us one final picture that we're going to look at this morning of what God's love has done for us. Take a look at this. Hosea 3, 1 through 2 says, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. God would not give up on Israel. What he's telling Hosea to do here is, is go get Gomer back. She's unfaithful to you. Go get her back. Do whatever it takes to get her back. At the beginning of chapter 3, he sends Hosea to, to bring her back home. This symbolizes God's unfailing love for his people. He refuses to abandon the pursuit of his people. Basically, he's just saying, Hosea, go get her back whatever it costs. And when Hosea goes to get her, she's been sold to another man as a slave. 
So Hosea buys her back for the cost of what a female slave would, would cost at that time in history. This is God's word to us. It's, it's a picture of what Jesus has done for us. He has paid the high price of death on the cross to buy us back from slavery to sin. That's what God has done for us. The love that God has shown us, that's fuel for our mission, to be on mission for him. Take a look at 1 John 4, 10 through 11. It says, this is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. God's love for us, it, it should fuel our mission to love one another. And his pursuit of us, it, it's an example. And the example that he gives from Hosea, it, it shows us what that love towards each other is, is to look like. The challenge for us is, is to love people like that. To love people like that, regardless of how we feel about them. Regardless of what they've done to us. Regardless of if we don't click or get along or or whatever it may be, God wants us to, to pursue people and love them. He loves us. We go our own way. He loves us some more. We go our own way some more. He loves us some more. And he's trying to bring us back into a relationship with him. God's going to continue to pursue us. He's going to pursue all of us in this room. And so I want to close by asking a couple of questions to you. Where's God pursuing you right now? If you're not a a believer, you haven't trusted Christ, you haven't made Jesus the the Lord of your life yet, if if you haven't taken that step yet and you're in this room, God's pursuing you right now. You're here for a reason. And and maybe your next step is, is to trust in him. To make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe that's what, what God has for you today. Or maybe you, you need more information. And if that's the case, you can write on the back of your connection card that you want more information and, and we'll get that for you. But if you are already a believer, you are already made Jesus the Lord of your life. Is there an area of your life that you're receiving some kind discipline and you just need to respond and turn back to God? Is God trying to get your attention through some thorns in your path that you keep hitting and you just need to turn back towards him? And then another question I want to ask you today is, where does God want you to join in on his mission? God's love and his pursuit of us, that that fuels us to be a part of God's mission. Where is it that he wants you to join what he is doing? Maybe it's here at at Church in the Valley, joining a a Sunday service team, or um, maybe there's just some people in your life that God wants you to invest time in, to invite them to church, to invite them to get around your friends, to uh, share the gospel with them. Maybe it's both of these things. Maybe it's something different. But where is God wanting you to join in him, in with him, in his mission? God gives us all the privilege to be a part of what he's doing in the world. And that's a great thing, that we get to be a part of people's lives changing, to turning towards him. 
We can all make the world a different place if we just start pursuing people like God pursued us. That's what we need to do. That's the challenge that we all have this morning. Is Are we going to love people? Are we going to pursue people the way that God has pursued us? And by his power, his love, we can. As I wrap up this morning, I want to encourage you uh, to think through a, a way to respond. We just had a little time to think through that, but there's also some next steps on the back of your connection card. Um, that you can take out and you might want to take in response to the message. As the band uh, comes up, uh, we'll walk through some of these together. Um, One of these next steps that you might want to take today is, for the first time, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, commit my life to follow him. That might be a step that you're ready to take today. And if you are, please check that box um, and we'll, we'll get in touch with you about that decision. Um, if you're not ready to, to make that chance, just across from the next steps, there's another um, box that you can check that says, send me more information about our relationship with Jesus. We'd love to send you some more information about that, taking that step. Another next step in response to the message today might be uh, to respond to God's pursuit by fill in the blank. What way is God pursuing you right now? And, and you can write in the way you want to respond to that pursuit. And then a third next step is to invite a friend or family member to the CI Church in the Valley's 30th anniversary service uh, or to the upcoming message series called Unfazed. Uh, the message series, it's going to be about how to grow in confidence um, in the face of adversity and challenge. So that might be something you want to invite people to. Um, as far as the 30th anniversary uh, service, really hope that, that you all can be, be there. Um, we're really excited um, about it uh, out in Diamond Bar. Um, this campus had just started uh, a few years ago, but has been a part of Church in the Valley's story from the very beginning. And so um, there's been people that have been coming, were coming out to Diamond Bar long before this campus um, started. And I really hope that you all can be there as we just celebrate what God has done, just his grace um, and what he has done over the last 30 years, as well as we're going to look ahead to the future. God's got some good, uh, ambitious goals for, for all of us, both campuses, and, and what we're trying to do over this next year. And we're going to take a look at that next, next week. I hope you can all be there. I think it will be a really encouraging time. 8.30 a.m. is when breakfast starts. You don't have to be there at 8.30, but... Um, it'll be served until we start the service at 10, um, and we hope you all can be there. Let's pray as we continue to worship the Lord. God, we just thank you uh, for the picture of your love that we find in Hosea. Um, we, we are all unfaithful to you. We've all sinned, yet you still pursue us, Lord. Regardless of, of what we've done, you, you love us. You pursue us, and we just thank you so much for that. We thank you for the the pursuit um, in, in, in our lives. Help us to respond to you and what you're doing. Help us to choose to trust you, to follow you more closely. And we just help, we ask for your help as we do that this next week. In Jesus' name, amen.